Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner of SandySpiel.com, and with me today, as always, is the producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. And Ramin, Gwinnett County Schools are in session today. Uh, that means it's a big day in the state of Georgia. Pretty much everybody's back in school now, and with that, there's a couple transfers, but the uh, the big part of this podcast today it is our 2018 class of 2018 that means seniors this upcoming season the rankings came out a week ago and it is time to defend all my picks and I'm ready for it I hope you are Kyle it is a big day everyone's back in school mostly so you know it's that much closer to basketball season looks like AAU season's winding down now as individual practices, your four-on-ones, your team trainers pick up for high school basketball. But for now, we do have the first ever 2018 uh, individual player rankings done on Sandy Spiel by you, Kyle. And I just want to lay out a few things. First of all, just for transparency's sake, you have not seen the questions. You do not know the order of the questions. You do not know who I will ask about or what I will ask about or in what order. Everything, the email was viewed only by me. The Ask Spiel tweets I saw and I compiled, so this will be off the cuff. No collusions occurred here. Second of all, we will get to all the questions that were submitted by Twitter, by the hashtag Ask Spiel, or by email to sandyspiel.com at gmail.com and you may be wondering uh why wasn't my player talk about we did have a large number of submissions which i was happy about and as such we're really going to talk about the players that people have questions for so if your favorite player wasn't mentioned you know email back to us catch us on twitter for the next podcast if you want your player mentioned more last of all you had a disclaimer on your website when you put up these rankings that i feel is worth repeating it says, basically, if you're not listed, that does not mean you are not an exceptional player. There will be players omitted from this list that go on to have outstanding senior seasons and collegiate careers. Use this as motivation, and this is one person's opinion being yours opinion, Kyle. Anything you want to add to that? No, that pretty much sums it up. I mean, a lot of these guys out of, what, 80, 80 of these players, I've probably seen uh, at the very, very least, at least 70 of these kids play at least once, so I've pretty much seen seen the bulk of these guys and everybody that usually is in the discussion you know that doesn't mean some kid doesn't slip through the cracks or isn't a late bloomer and you know ends up forcing his way into the conversation his senior year which I really hope happens this year because it's great to see these kids that uh kind of come out of nowhere were in the shadows and people were sleeping on them then they finally break through and have a, a great year and get that recognition they deserve but uh that pretty much sums it up uh, there's there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of vast talent in the state of Georgia. Just because you're the best player in your 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 county or your area, uh, that's just looking at it in a vacuum. You got to think outside of that big picture. You might be working hard, but there might be 15 other kids working hard across the state doing the same thing, putting up the same numbers. It just might be a little bit better. So a lot of it does have to come back to exposure. You have to have the proper eyes on these kids to be able to see them, but. Other than that, you know, you talk to you talk to fellow high school coaches, and you see game film, and you 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 run up and you look at their max preps numbers and stuff like that. So, uh, I would just say that's that's pretty much it. Did the best I could, and I, I hope uh, this is a, a nice little boost for uh, exposure for some of these kids and uh, something that really uh, you know places a chip on the shoulder for the kids that didn't make the list. 
without further ado, let's get right to the questions. And uh, I'll loft you up your first one. Nice and easy. Common question across all platforms. If you didn't see the Sandy Spiel tweet, we'll reiterate it to kick this podcast off. Why are Trey Dooms and Will Richardson not ranked? Yeah, that was an easy one. I, I had heard that those guys were not going to be attending the GHSA. Uh, same thing with Trevin Wade, who would have been easily a top three, top four point guard in the state of Georgia. Those guys are all leaving the state. Trevin Wade from South Cobb, he's going to Mount Verde Academy. Uh, Will Richardson going to Oak Hill Academy. And Trey Dooms, uh, long rumored, uh, he's going to university school in Fort Lauderdale. So I, I assumed I could not put those guys in my list. It is a GHSA list after all. But to our first real question, this one comes by Tanya Johnson by email to the Sandy Spiel. Thank you for the question, and I will read it. It says, I won't disagree with rankings as scouts and coaches have a different filter and perspective than a parent, especially one like me that never played basketball. I do have a question, though. What is the basis of the ranking? Are IQ players or players that fill the stat sheets ranked, or is it limited to things like athleticism, projectability, and the highest scores and rebounders? That is a great question. Thank you for asking that. Uh, the three terminologies I would probably use is production, potential, and then situation. Uh, production, that's going to be looking at the stat sheets. Uh, are they putting up big numbers? But then if you average 25 points a game in 7A, that's probably a lot different than if you average 25 points a game in Class A public because there are going to be different levels of competition, so that falls back on the uh, – the, the situation side of things, and then potential, maybe this kid could be in line for a breakout year. You know, a couple people graduated on their team. Maybe they're stepping into the spotlight more their senior year and uh, might be a little bit better, uh, a little more down the road. But uh, for the most part, I would say those three, production, potential, and situation are kind of the, the big three uh, ringing factors, I would say. And we will kick it off with the point guards first. You rank the top five as being Alex Jones from Buford, Travis Anderson from Grayson, Jalen Pugh from Cartersville, KJ Jenkins from Creekview, and Kalen Weekly from Bradwell Institute. Give me a rundown of these top five, Kyle. Uh, yeah, it was it was tough. I mean, a lot of point guards have come and gone. Jamie Lewis left for Findlay Prep. He was at Westlake. Uh, we just mentioned Trevin Wade gone. So the point guard position, not necessarily super strong as it's been in the past. But Alex Jones, I, I, I tweeted about him back in the summer months. I said, you know, hands down, this kid was the best point guard. He's a, a true point guard, a pass-first point guard. He makes everybody around him better, and he won a state championship at Buford. That's why I, I definitely love him, and he just committed to Lipscomb. He's going back home. So uh, that was an easy pick for me, just a, a true winner and does everything on the floor to make his teammates better. Travis Anderson, him and uh, Jalen Pugh, that was a, a tough pick between both of them. I think Travis is more of a, a physical scorer. Um, uh, he, he helped lead his team to a Final Four with Grayson this year, lost to Norcross. So I liked what he did playing against, you know, the gauntlet of 7A, and he was a leader for that team, and that's a kid that really he, he loves to get in your head and talk trash, and he, he's a chippy fella out there. But sometimes you, you really got to respect that toughness. Jalen Pugh, uh, uh, about the same size, probably a little lighter than him, but he's a great scorer. I would say he's a, he's a better shooter than Travis Anderson, uh, but he can really catch fire if you give him a space from beyond the three-point line. Uh, he is a dynamo scorer. Uh, he's going to Furman. I really like him as well. So it was uh, a bit of a toss-up with me just you know, giving the slight edge to a kid that led his team to the Final Four and 7A, whereas in Class 4A, Cartersville uh, bowed out in the first round, was upset by Maris, which is a, a very disappointing. 
uh, performance. K.J. Jenkins came in at number four. Uh, Creekview, I think they were 10 and 19 last year. He's going to have to he's going to have to do some stuff to really cement himself. I know they love him as a scorer, as a shooter. Right now, he's not that Alex Jones type player that's going to make others around him better. He's more of a, a score, and we saw what happened. Creepy, that was probably their most talented roster they've had in years over there, and nine games under 500, then lost by 40 points in the first round of the state playoffs. That's that's kind of tough to swallow. So uh, he's a he's a very good individual player, but he's going to have to make his teammates around him better to really cement himself. But uh, just from that scoring prowess. Uh, that's why he's ranked so high. And then number five, Kalen Weekly, a guy that no one has really heard too much about because he's come from the the GSA over at FPCA. Um, he really broke through at the Norman Parker Showcase, playing with the Middle Georgia Raptors, about 6'3", a uh, physical downhill guard, uh, very competitive. Uh, when he's, you know, he's on, he can shoot the three ball, he gets to the rack, uh, just plays very strong, very physical. Uh, he seemed to taper out a little bit throughout the summer months checking out all his uh you know stat sheets and everything he was playing on that adidas circuit in the silver division or whatever they call it not the the main thing but uh that was a very good team the middle georgia raptors but i i want to see him you know re 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 uh, energize his his batteries and really turn it on because i think uh bradwell institute if he's over there with the rest of his gang isaiah scott Simon Steele, all those guys, Javon LeCount, all those guys over there, I think they have a chance to be really good and kind of be one of those coastal surprises like last year was Brunswick who made it to the championship game. But uh, I really do like Weekly and his potential and his upside just because I love big guards and you're a 6-3 guard and you're well-built. you got a lot going for you right there. Some questions from our viewers now. Ladurie Bauman on Twitter, at Ladurie B, asked, don't know how Isaiah Bauman was left off of the list with the summer he had. Yeah, Isaiah, he he really put himself on the map. That is a great question. He played great with the Sports Academy South team over here in the Augusta area. I like him a lot. I think he is going to make a lot of noise over there at Glen Hills now. Uh, very talented scorer. I like that he's got that dog mentality. Uh, another guy that kind of boosts everyone up and tries to uh, make them play up to their potential. Uh, I, I really do enjoy him. I know he might be a bit of a sleeper over here. He averaged maybe about nine points a game at Westside Augusta last year. But now at Glen Hills, he's really going to have an opportunity to be that lead ball handler, run the offense. He's going to be playing on a very good team. I really like what they have going on over there. So he's going to have all the opportunities in the world to really cement himself and make a statement as one of the top 20 guards in the state. But uh, for him not making it, you know, it's just a numbers game, but I really believe he's going to have a fantastic senior year. AC Georgia, the AAU club on Twitter, at Georgia Phoenix, in response to an earlier comment, said, I'm not going to talk about how he has Wesley Simpson all the way down at 14. Uh, Wesley, starting point guard on argu- arguably Georgia's best travel team, Wesley Simpson, Union Grove High School, listed at 6'2", 185, and as the leading uh, assist per game stat guy in the state of Georgia on his Twitter account. Yes, uh, Wesley, a very good player. Yeah, they uh, had a great year over there at Union Grove, really uh, burst through and won over 20 games and everything like that. Uh, I saw him a little bit with AC Georgia on the circuit. I mean, on the AAU side of things, uh, he's just out there to facilitate. He's not really going to put up too many huge numbers from what I saw. He's getting Chris Parks involved, uh, Brandon Thomas, uh, Kalu. 
all those guys involved. But, I mean, what? I, we have them ranked right now at 14th in the state. 14th in the state. That's pretty damn good if you're talking about 14th ranked point guard in the state of Georgia. But um, I, I do like him. He's going to lose a lot this year, though. He had some some nice players around him this past year, but he's going to he, he loses a, a decent amount of guys on that 2017 graduating class. But uh, I, I watched some game film on him too, just to make sure I wasn't missing too much. He is a, a good passer. I think he is a good point guard. But uh, as far as ranking him, you know, in the top ten, that's where it gets tough. Is he better than those top five guys that? were mentioned before him that are all you know good scores and you look at an Alex Jones type guy that is that passer and that score uh it just gets tough but uh, I I feel like that 14 spot for him that's pretty good he's got an opportunity to to raise his play his senior year and make me look foolish for having him that low or um you know maybe he doesn't have as good of a senior year assist wise because he does lose some guys around him but I, I do think uh, he is properly ranked in that, you know, 10 to 15, 10 to 20 range. Uh, I feel good about that ranking. Dwight Smith at underscore Dwight Smith on Twitter said Jalen McKinney was sick at the championship game with the flu. Could hardly get out of bed. Ask the ones who played him. Is he the number 18 point guard? You have him ranked at number 18 in the rankings. Yep, yep, Jalen, uh, what, J-Mac Boogie, uh, good friends with Jalen McKinney. Yeah, I, I heard about the flu game. We know Michael Jordan had a better flu game than that. But, yeah, I I, I know Jalen. That, that's another one of those things where I talked about the production, the potential, and the situation. That was a kid that averaged 28 points a game, and uh, I believe he was an all-state pick. And uh, he had a, he had a great year, and when they ran up against that buzzsaw South Atlanta, that was just a, a really a really yucky game because that really stood stood no chance against them. But he's a fire hydrant type guy. He's about five seven. He's got muscles on top of muscles, so he's a, he's a very physical guard. So you gotta like that. He was a a first team first team uh, class two A uh, point guard. Looking back at it now. But, yeah, he, he had a good year. Uh, but, yeah, he was sick against them. Going back to that situation type thing, Swainsboro, they only played five, six guys every single game. So when that, those are the only guys that are going to get the shots. Someone's going to have to get the shots. He had some teammates on that that team that, you know, put up 18 points a game and 10 rebounds a game too. But when they were they're on the court the entire, the entire game and Jalen's the best of that bunch – and he's going to take, you know, the bulk of those shots. So, of course, he's going to get his 20, 25 shot attempts a game because he's the best player out there. And he's playing in, you know, Class 2A. And you look you look across Class 2A. Let me read off, you know, the, the, the first team last year. Cameron Paldo, who was ranked uh, number six in the state this year. Uh, he was a, a guard that averaged about 26 points a game. So he's, he's in that, that same scenario, but... Looking at Cameron, he's playing with the Atlanta Celtics, so he's been playing uh, good competition. Uh, Jalen, I believe he's been with the the Middle Georgia Bucks, or uh, not the Bucks, Middle Georgia, one of those Middle Georgia teams. That might be it. But uh, he's been playing some teams like that. But uh, Cameron's been on that circuit, seeing a lot better competition. And uh, those are two guys that are kind of comparable. But I, I like Cameron more just because he's been playing against better competition throughout the AAU circuit. Carl Johnson was a, a, a first teamer on the Putnam County side of things this past year. But if we're just in a synopsis of everything, looking through the Class Two A, out of all those guys, who's going to be a Division One player? 
Cameron Poldo has some interest at the Division One level. Reggie Perry is going to Mississippi State, a big man. Uh, anyone else that I see scrolling down here? Nope, 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 nope. Uh, Timmy Sellers is a big man at Glen Hills who has a South Carolina State offer. And everyone else, there's there's not too much uh, Division One interest or Division One offer. So he, he did everything he had to do over there, averaging 28 points a game, and he's really good. But just looking at it, like I mentioned in the vacuum earlier, he's great in his, uh, his classification. But when he's stepping out, if he had to play against some of these 7A guys all the time, it, it would be a little tougher. And he's probably not going to average 28 points a game. He might be averaging 17, 16, 17 points a game, which is just, you know, that's that's just as good. But uh, him being at the bottom of the list, I think that's more of a one of those situation types. He's playing, you know, the full 32 minutes every single game, and he's getting a lot of shot attempts. On to the next point guard, LG Scouting on Twitter via the hashtag AskSpiel, uh, hashtag I guess, said, Janiel Hill won the 4A Player of the Year, two-time All-State selection, three-time All-Region, All-By-City, playoffs every year. What would improve your opinion of him? A point guard from Manchester High School, 1,300 points, 800 assists in his career. I've seen Janiel Hill play many times. I know his dad is a, a great supporter of him, always bringing the camera around, always wearing those those crazy follow Janiel Hill shirts. Gotta gotta love the support he's receiving. Just he's not he's not my type of point guard. He's best in those helter skelter systems, Class A public. Not to dump on Class A public, but when you think of Class A public, outside of maybe the top three, four programs each year, you're not thinking of the best the best basketball. You're thinking about you know there's only like 200, 300 kids in these schools, so a lot of these kids aren't going to be able to play year round and a lot of stuff like that. So when he gets in there, I mean he's best at that helter skelter. He's very athletic. He's good at the press. He gets a lot of you know easy basket. He he finds himself in the right position a lot of times. When I saw him with the Atlanta Lightning and some of those other middle Georgia AAU teams, he he plays hard on defense. He's a good player. But that's he averaged 21 points a game at Manchester. But I, again, that's one of those situation type things where it's just it's it's tough to really stand out in Class A public unless you have that size, you have those big numbers, you're playing at a, a really high level on the AAU season. It's just one of those things where it's really tough to to rank a Class A kid uh, super high in the state, and that's that's just the only reason. He's a good player, but top 20 in the state, I just don't see him being top 20 in the state. Mike Santiago reached us to reach out to us via email, excuse me, and he said, I truly believe Justin Brown is the most underrated player in Georgia basketball. You had him as the number nine point guard out of Northview High School, and he did say it in all caps, so I think Mr. Santiago really believes that. Well, he is he is a, a good scorer. I think I, I watched him play what I was with you, Ramin. We watched him in the season opener against uh, Woodstock. He is a kid that can really score the ball. You put the ball in his hands as much as possible, uh, let him get into a, a pick-and-roll scenario, and then I think he has a really good opportunity to create. Uh, the tough thing there is Northview won six games. Northview won six games. I think placing him number nine, is uh, that's, that's pretty good for a kid that – only won six games this past year at Northview. Now, Northview might not, no offense to you, Ramin, they might not have the, the greatest supporting cast, but they weren't playing in, in a, a super region in what is that, Region 7, I think. They were 2-15. and 15. 
Yeah, two two and fifteen in that region. He put up good numbers. He was a over twenty points per game player. Uh, I know. I heard that sometimes he gets a little trigger happy and feels that that scoring burden put on his shoulder, so he sometimes can take some bad shots. But I like him personally. If you put him with um, some better pieces around him, like in the AAU season, he looks pretty good. But for right now, what he, what he, what they do in the high school season, I can't put him any higher than nine, which I feel like is a, a very good spot for him, considering that he only won six games this past year. Morris Stimson via email asked uh, about his son, Andrew Stimson. He plays for AC Georgia and is enrolled at North Atlanta High School, has missed some significant time with injuries. He said he's picking up some interest from colleges. Have you seen him play, and if so, your thoughts? Uh, that is right. He is often injured. I see him in cast a lot. Um, I, I think I've been able to see him once or twice. He's just, uh, yeah, at North Atlanta, he hasn't, let's put it this way, he has not made an impact at the varsity level yet. Uh he he i mean if he was at north atlanta last year he was i tried to do some research just to make sure i'm not missing anything he wasn't listed on the roster last year even though i believe he was you know going to school there he might have just missed the entire season with an injury like uh who was at his mother i believe it was i mentioned that he he's been hurt a lot so he is hurt a lot he's just he hasn't produced at the varsity level yet and it, it takes a lot to be ranked in the top 20. Like Janiyle Hill, a great producer over in Class A Public, and some of these other kids that have been mentioned, very good players. Isaiah Bowman as well, very good players that have produced at that that varsity level. But uh, Stimson, he just hasn't produced at that high enough clip, and he's been injured a lot. So of course, that's really going to hurt him. Well, opportunities wise, is letting me see him play when he's hurt a lot, and he just hasn't produced at a high clip at North Atlanta seven and eighteen last year. Same region as Justin Brown, Region Seven, same type scenario there. Um, but moving on to the combo guard, shooting guard class, and when I'm looking at this list of players up uh, on the website, it's a really packed class. There's lots of names I recognize and that we've mentioned on the podcast repeatedly in our talks about teams and especially in our bracketology episodes. Lots of these names are familiar. And so I'm going to ask you, what is the difference between the number one guy and the number 10 guy? Who? and we're talking about the combo guards and everything? Yes, oh, sir. That's, that's, that's a position that has seen some guys come and go. Trey Dooms was one that was going to be on there. Uh, Will Richardson was going to be on there. They're gone. Landers Nola, who's ranked number one, easily could be uh, considered a small forward, but I like him more at the, the shooting guard position in the future. One through ten, uh, whew, it's, it's out of all the positions, I, I really do like this combo guard, uh, this combo guard position, that position, and the small forwards as well. Uh, one through ten, I mean, head and shoulders, Landers Nolly's above everybody else. I think he is the best prospect in the state of Georgia. He's the most unstoppable scorer that the state of Georgia has this upcoming year. Hands down, no questions asked. He he is the man in the state of Georgia. Uh, just monster production, average 24 four and four with the on the Adidas circuit with team loaded North Carolina. Like he he does it all. He's hands and down. The top guy Nelson Phillips really came on super strong this summer. He was great with the Warner Robins All Stars. He has really played his way into that 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 high major discussion. Even though his his offers might not necessarily show that yet, I know he's got a couple of high majors came in late. Uh, I think he has a chance to to really be great. But I still think Landers just with that offense is good. And one through ten, um, who who do we have? Ty Fagan. I think he's listed number three. Love him a lot. 
looking down the list. Then once we get to that that seven, eight, nine type range, six through ten, it, it, it gets a little difficult because a lot of these guys are shooters. And I'm trying to find guys that are more than just shooters. When you look at an Adam Flagler, knockdown shooter, I watched him hit like nine threes or something crazy in the SEBA uh, Christmas tournament had like 43 points was a, a tournament record a knockdown shooter uh, Rashad Bateman a great shooter but I have him ranked pretty high Tiff County he's going to Minnesota to play football I like him because he is an athletic slasher but he is a great shooter when he gets hot that's why I have him ranked so highly Devin Vassell he's going to, to Florida State he's more of a projectable guy I mean he averaged maybe about 13 points a game or so at Peachtree Ridge, I was kind of surprised when he, he jumped in that Florida State offer, but he has a chance to really um, go out with a bang his senior year, and that's a guy that, uh, you know, he's he's wiry, he can score the basketball. But going back to the shooter discussion, Grant Howard, more of a shooter. Spencer Rogers, he's, uh, he's come on strong playing with the Georgia Stars, uh, a really good shooter. He's diversified his game a little more. I would like to see him diversify it just a bit more because when you, you go through those box scores on the uh, the EYBL circuit, you'll see 12, 12 shot attempts and 11 of them are three-point attempts from Spencer Rogers. But I know he's he's gotten a lot better with that. I'm very interested to see if he can do some more things from within the arc. Folks, if you didn't think, if you think Kyle had uh, these questions beforehand, rewind about a minute and a half and look at how he tried to figure out how to make sense of that question. David Pena via text asks, "Hey Sandy, Zach Pena is low on your radar. He's going to be an impact player at McIntosh with Cole Gunter, underrated guard that is going to shine this season. Your thoughts?" Yeah, he's in a good situation. I mean, he was in a pretty good situation at Stars Mill, but they had two forwards that they wanted to get the ball to. But uh, Pena, he's been playing varsity since a freshman. He was, you know, I don't, I, I want to say he was starting as a freshman. I'm pretty sure he won freshman of the year in that region, so I'm assuming he had to start with the Panthers. But he's been there for a while. He's been a consistent, you know, 10, 12, 13-point-per-game score. Now he's going to their rival over at McIntosh. And McIntosh, they've always had a free-flowing offense. They like to get the ball up, uh, you know, hit their open shooters and get a lot of scoring. They're up-and-down type team. Uh, that harkens back to their, you know, two years ago when they had Jordan Lyons, Will Washington ran that offense to a T. He was, you know, phenomenal, put up great numbers. But I think he does have a pretty good opportunity to put up numbers. Uh, Cole Gunther, a uh, 6'7", uh, uh, a knockdown shooter that's been, you know, getting more agile, putting the ball on the floor. He was ranked on my small forward list. I think we had him 19th. But, yeah, he's, uh, he's going to be put in a good position to spread the ball around and get it to shooters. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him carry over that same type production, double-digit scoring with a couple double-figure uh, assist games this upcoming season at McIntosh. Solomon Burt Murray at Saul from SO and Jacob Crawford, self-named Twitter handle on Twitter, wanted to know the, what about the Palladia Wings, Jordan Cunney and Jalen Essick. The Paideia Wings, those kids crack me up sometimes. Uh, Paideia, um, they have had some, I mean, I, I like them a couple times, uh, but they never really came to fruition. Let me check real quick last year what their their, their record was. Just, uh, let's see here. They were 10-17 and 17 in Class A Private. Seven and nine in Region Five, so that's a that's a tough region. You see teams like Green Forest. Uh, they were on what were they on that side of things with Green Forest? They were on there with Holy Innocence and Southwest Atlanta Christian. But 
No, those those cats they they were they were not on my radar. Maybe I'm sleeping on these guys a little bit, but uh, ten and seventeen, just uh, a team that didn't have enough juice in those guys in particular. Just not enough juice, and I haven't seen those guys play, so I couldn't put them on the list. I'm sorry about that, Pythons. Benjamin Mitchell reached out to us with email with a combo guard, 6-1 combo guard, Benjamin Mitchell, who, according to Mr. Mitchell, had a great summer. He's picking up some D1 interest. Most underrated guard in the state and 25 points per game in AAU play with team intensity this summer. He went unranked. Wow. So that's Windsor Force. That's coming over from the Savannah area of things. Uh, boy, I, I watched a team with a lot of those Windsor Forest guys. It might have been team intensity. I'm not sure, but I, I do remember seeing a lot of those guys uh, playing. I know a lot of those names were familiar, but uh, again, I, I would have to lean back on one of those situational type things. They were nine and sixteen as a team last year. Looking at his stats, he averaged ten points a game. Uh, it, it's just tough. That that goes back to a vacuum type thing. He he might be maybe he comes on strong and has a, a great senior year, but uh, right now I just haven't heard enough about him, haven't seen enough about him to put him in the rankings. But uh, I, I trust that he had a good summer, and looking forward to seeing what the Knights can do this year. A lot of these people who are writing into us referring to good AAU summers, we just saw 25 points per game in summer play. The way you devise your rankings, how much do you take into account AAU versus high school play? Um, high school play is always going to weigh much more heavily than AAU. AAU is, I mean, you, a lot of times kind of just roll the ball out there and play and try and get better individually. Uh, the team mindset is more of a high school game. That's where you're going to be sharing the ball more. Uh, opposing coaches are going to have defensive game plans for you. They're going to key in and try and they're going to know your strengths and your weaknesses. You're going to try and shut down their strengths and expose their weaknesses. So, Scoring 25 points a game or however many points in AAU, that's that's good. That's good for your individual development. You're going to have some confidence going into your senior season. But once it's high school season, you might have more of a, a strict system offensively. Or, you know, if your defensive play lags and you're not going to be able to see the court as much and those head coaches are going to really take away what you do best offensively. So it's good to have good success on the AAU season, but – once school's in session and the GHSA season starts, I mean, no one gives a damn what you did at the, the AAU level. Uh, you take it with a grain of salt. It's a whole new world. you got to prove it when the, the Friday night lights are shining the brightest and there's you know reporters in the stands and all that good stuff. you you got to bring it during the high school season because you don't hang banners for AAU championships, but you do for state playoff and state championship banners in the GHSA. James Smalls via email uh, suggested a honorable mention section for maybe those kids who can't crack the top 20 and wanted to know your thoughts about an under-the-radar kid out of Kennesaw Mountain High School, Josh Strong. First, uh, that honorable mention, knowing me, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm OCD, but honorable mention, I, I would love that because I want to include as many kids as possible. But knowing me, that's going to like somehow end up being me ranking like the top 100 players at each position, and it's just – 
when you get you get to that far it's you know a lot of these things already at the 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 bottom outside like the top four guys at each position it's kind of splitting hairs i mean all these kids are good players for the most part it comes down to what you like more it's a very slippery Uh, slope to go down yeah your preference so if i I, if i did the honorable mentions which i would love to because i want to get all these kids names out there i'm gonna be looking at myself one night at like 2 a.m in the morning and say shoot i got 50 kids down 50 top point guards and just it's just gonna be insane but there are so many good players it's it's very difficult but i I love that idea but i know it's just gonna end up snowballing into something crazy but going back to josh strong i think kennesaw mountain has a very good chance to make some noise this year especially with him coming back and then you got other guys these transfers uh well jalen mccreary he's going to be eligible to play 2019 i think he's going to be an all-state guy lock uh he's going to be a high major uh, or at least in the discussion as a high major kid and you got khalil shaheed who transfers in. I think Kennesaw Mountain, uh, I don't think they should surprise people because they should see it coming because they have a lot of talent accumulating. I think they should be good. But Josh Strong, uh, just looking at what he did at the Lake City Classic, he was an all-tournament performer. Uh, Kennesaw Mountain came into that just 3-7, and seven, and then he really carried them and you know kind of stabilized the rest of the season. They played a lot better after a slow start to the season. But he averaged 22 points a game. Um, what, they upset – Number seven, Riverwood, just looking at what they did last year in that tournament, he had 23 points, four assists, three steals. So uh, Josh Strong, yes, he is definitely in the discussion as one of those guys that isn't going to necessarily wow you because he's not going to be like a 6'6 guy or anything crazy like that. But he is, you know, very patiently he's been getting better and better and better, and he's going to really have a chance to put up good numbers on a good team that should make the state playoffs this year. Before we move on to discussing the small forwards, we noticed a lot of players on Twitter responding with emojis or these little one-word cryptic, uh, I guess, responses. Your thoughts on those, and more broadly, what do you think the importance and the impact is of these rankers, of these rankings on players? Uh, I think it's good just to kind of, you know, stack yourself up and see how others view you. You might feel like you're the best player. You again might be the best player in your county, but. I mean, the state of Georgia is much wider than the county. Yes, I appreciate all the, the silly emoji faces and everything like that. I encourage them to hashtag ask Spiel, and I will answer any questions or concerns they have or why someone's ranked uh, whichever way. But rankings, at the end of the day, rankings aren't the most important thing. It's just a way to kind of you know, find that measuring stick of where players match up with and uh, where they fall. Uh, based on each other because if you have a guy in Augusta you know North Georgia up in the mountains and Stevens County or you know Chattooga they're never going to see this kid so it's very difficult to kind of you know measuring stick and put all these guys together but I think it's just a a good way to get the discussion going get the topic uh, flowing and a good way for kids to see their names and kind of help college coaches just to get a, a, a bit of an idea of okay this kid is you know somewhat respected around the state as a good player maybe we should check in on him. On to the small forwards. Going down the list, maybe not a lot of their names that people would recognize wholesale. Do you think this is a wide open field in terms of talent, or is there a clear divide between the top few and the bottom few? Uh, well, Kavon Moore, he's always in the consensus number one guy around here in Georgia. So he's he's you know he's the cat's meow. That's that's pretty much a no brainer. Rashawn Williams, that's a guy I've been talking about. Class A public. That's a kid that came out of Class A Public who's 
you know, six, seven, and he's gotten better and better and better, and he's got that size and he's got that skill set, and he took his team to the state championship with Calhoun County. So that's a kid that's really been coming on strong. And then other guys, you got JoJo Toppin, Isaiah Kelly, Kevontae Ivory, KJ Buffin, guys like that. Uh, so, I mean, the the top about eight, nine, ten are pretty good. And then once you get below that, that eight, nine, ten range, that's where it gets, you know, you're just choosing who you like a little bit better. You're looking at a Zytavian Hill who probably never heard of, came from middle Georgia Raptors. Now, he might not be... Uh, a division one guy right now because you know he's not the most super awesomely skilled but he's a guy that plays extremely hard every single game and he is just gonna just bully his way to the basket and he's gonna rebound he's gonna get double doubles he's just gonna play his ass off and that that's just something huge you can't teach kids to play hard and play nonstop and have that motor every single game so that's why a kid like that you know will be ranked uh what am i looking at right now looking at like number 13 compared to someone who might have some division one offers like justin lee at collinsville i have him at a few spots uh lower uh that's a kid that he he's got that length he's got that size that uh schools like memphis has offered him uh a couple have been coming on northern illinois i think offered him he's picked up a couple offers in the recent weeks but that's a kid that has that shooting stroke but is he going to bring that that dog mentality that Hill's going to bring every single game? And if, if Justin Lee is not hitting on those three-pointers, is he going to lock down on defense? Is he going to rebound the ball? Is he going to do those little things that you can always count on Hill? If he's not scoring, he's going to bust his butt to get rebounds and you know play as hard as possible. So uh, if you're looking at Division One, and I'm, I'm, I'm weighing these guys based on their scholarship offers, I'm not weighing it based on these kids' scholarship offers. I'm, I'm doing it on production, potential, and situation, and kids that are going to play hard. I'm always going to have a soft spot in my heart for them. On to our first viewer question. Brandon Blair at baller underscore BB on Twitter asks, I thought – Shamari McLeod would definitely be on here. And for disclosure, their former Shiloh teammates, uh, Blair graduated this year. Yeah, McLeod, uh, I watched them play. I watched Shiloh play against Green Force last year to open up the season. Only three kids scored for Shiloh. Looking back at my stats, he had zero points, three rebounds, one assist, and one steal. And I mean, sometimes, um, what, first impressions do a lot for you. And that was the first impression. He was just just another guy out there. I, I think he does have a, a, a Division One scholarship offer. I do think he has one in tow. But, I mean, just from what I saw, he's, he's a nice player, but top 20 nice. Production-wise, nice. It's just not there. I'm looking at Gwinnett County uh, stats. I'm looking at everything they have. They have... Um, the top whatever like 50 scores in the in the uh in the county and i'm looking looking here i see uh greg james led shiloh at 16 points game tj massenberg 14 points game brian coffee 13 points game and then the list cuts off at seven points a game so mcleod he obviously averaged less than seven points per game last year on a team that struggled to go 16 and 13 so uh that that just falls back on the production just didn't have enough production for me Club Orange Basketball just casually threw Dave Vitti's name into the conversation on Twitter. He's your number 18th ranked small forward. 
Yeah, David Vitti, uh, another good kid. I, I am a fan of David Vitti. Uh, he sometimes gets lost in the shuffle on that that Buford offense because they they love to to spread the wealth. They got a lot of guys. Alex Jones is orchestrating, and you got to take into account Alex Jones makes everybody around him you know that much better. He makes everybody around him that much better. So you know playing with and then you know mentioning Alex Jones. It comes no surprise that Vitti, who was playing with the the selling stampede, and you know, plays some minutes here and there. Again, one of those fluctuating deals, and then he joins the Atlanta All Stars in the the last live period. And guess who his point guard is? Alex Jones. And guess who plays great that 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 live period? David Vitti, because Alex Jones makes everybody around him better. And Vitti, like I said, he's in that shuffle with Jones and Marcus Watson and Donnell Nixon, all these good players over there. But he, he's a good player. It just tough for him to really stand out and rank him you know super high because Alex Jones is getting him a lot of great opportunities and he's playing with a lot of good players but Vidi he he is definitely he's I mean he's he's getting division one interest for a reason he's a good player it's just hard for him to really super stamp himself and stand out in a super big way because he's playing with a lot of good players that are making life a little easier for him but I am a fan of him of what six five six six uh you know, inside outside wing can shoot the ball. He's gotten better with that. Originally came from Lambert. Uh, he's got a bright future ahead of him. Whether it's at the Division One level or at the Division Two level, I am a fan of him. Now, Kyle, that was a, a short power forward question section. So I have some rapid fire for you. We're gonna have uh, questions, three sets of four questions, and it's gonna get harder and harder for you to answer each time. For the first set, submitted by Kawasi Rees from Hype South Media via the hashtag AskSpiel, you'll have 25 seconds for each question. Once you hit 25 seconds, you'll hear some background music just like the Oscars telling you to wrap up your answer. And at 30 seconds, you'll hear this telling you that you're done and to move on. Are you ready, Kyle? I'm going to do the best I can. I know Kawasi brings the heat, and uh, he is very knowledgeable, great guy. you got to check him out, Hype South. Check him out on Twitter and his website. He knows a lot about Middle Georgia basketball and everything in the state. So, But I'll try my best to appease everybody here. So let's go for it. All righty. Question one. Who is the best overall player from South Georgia, Middle Georgia, and Metro Atlanta? <sighs> oh, boy. That's tough. So let's go with uh, South Georgia. I like Calhoun County's uh, uh, Rayshon Williams. I think he's a, a, a very talented player Calhoun County. Middle Georgia. I'm going to go with Nelson Phillips, uh, Metro Atlanta area. Uh, I guess Langston Hughes is uh, Landers Nolly. I guess you can consider that Metro Atlanta. And it, was there any other place that was Metro South and uh, Middle Georgia? Am I missing anything? That was I... all of them. You got them okay, all. Okay, perfect. I'll go with those. I'll go with those three. Question number two. Out of the players on the top 80 list, do you see any surefire pros barring anything catastrophic? If I have to pick one, just because I've been boosting him up the whole time, Landers Noll is a big, 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 big time scorer. He can shoot the ball. He's, in, you know, just you can pencil him in for 20 points every single night. The only thing that people might not like about him is he's not a super freak athlete. I like him a lot. And Kavon Moore, if he puts all the pieces together, I think he has an opportunity to go as well. But I'm definitely hanging my hat on Landers Nolly. At each position, who will make an instant impact at the collegiate level? 
Uh, again, that goes back to Landers Nolly. Uh, definitely, I think he's going to be a, a standout wherever he goes right away. Uh, Nelson Phillips, if he finds the right fit, I think he has the opportunity to put up some pretty good numbers his uh, freshman season as well and end up having a very good uh, career. E.J. Montgomery, uh, Reggie Perry, both of those big guys, I think they'll have chances. Reggie Perry more so at Mississippi State. And that Caban Moore, another uh, depends on the uh, situation, what school he ends up at. Well, Kyle, you did one more left for 25 seconds. Your best one-two punch combo in the top 80. Oh, boy, on the same team? Oh, boy, that is tough. Uh, 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 uh. I'm just trying to scroll through. Who, who, who do we have here? Who do you think? I want to know what you think, but uh, let's see. Uh, how about... Man, Kawasi's always stumping me. How much time left? I got like five Three seconds. seconds. Uh, 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 Kawasi stumped you there. That's third. That's that's very tough, Ramin. That's very tough. I don't I don't even know who's who's all on the the same team. That's very tough. That is very tough. You you stumped me, Kawasi. I can't answer that within twenty five seconds. I apologize. That is very tough. Very tough. Yes, Kawasi genuinely stumped you, and that's some more uh, evidence that you do not know what's coming here. You weren't able to come up with your last answer, but we'll make it even tougher on you. This next set of four questions, you will only have 20 seconds to answer, and they come from Aaron Harrison via email into the Sandy Spiel website. Your first question. (laughs) What currently unranked player in each position could you see jumping into your top 80 by the end of the season? Uh, Let's start at point guard uh i do think isaiah bowman has an opportunity to play his way into it over at glenn hills um shooting guard uh i think daniel Parrish uh over at aquinas he has an opportunity he's gonna have a chance to get in there uh small forward horse white people like him i need to see more from him skill set wise other than just athleticism and then power forward center position uh, that is just very difficult. I don't even know why. Why everyone's stumping me? I can't even give you an answer off the top of my head. That's very difficult. Question number two: Which position is the most talented? Uh, most talented position. I'm gonna have to go with. I, I do like this this small forward class and the 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 shooting guards. If I had to give it a slight edge. Uh, I'll go with the, the combo guard position just because you have Landers Nolly. It's just such a stud. Rashad Bateman, who's not even going to play basketball in college because he's going to be focused on Minnesota football. He's great. And they're just looking down the list. Will Huzzy, uh, Adrian Cohen, Eli Lawrence, guy you don't know too much about at Tri-Cities. All these guys are very quality players. Your third question. How does the class of 2018 compare in talent with previous and uh, future years? Uh, 2017 was definitely the class. They had about 11 guys in the top 100 on ESPN. This year's class has taken just huge hits with all the transfers. Trey Dooms, uh, Jamie Lewis, uh, Will Richardson, Trevin Wade, all these guys. There's been just so much. Uh, Drew Drennan, all these guys uh, flaking out, leaving the state. So uh, it's a steady class. It's not terrible, but I'll just say it is. it is a steady class. And finally, this one should be a bit of a softball, relatively speaking. What is there to do in Augusta, and why in the world did you move out there? 
very good question. There are a lot of restaurants to eat at on the strip of Washington Road. I am out here to help coach basketball at Aquinas, trying to uh, turn this program into a, uh, a perpetual winner. We have a lot of good coaches over here and some good kids. And uh, I'm just enjoying uh, getting the suntan and working on the golf course, sitting in my bus all day. So I appreciate that, Mr. Harrison. Make it even harder now. 15 seconds for these questions. Kyle, are you ready? Uh, I struggled on that one. I'm probably <laughs> not going to do much better, but I'll, I'll try the best I can. All righty. Question number one, who is the best scorer in the state? Landers Nolly, best scorer in the state, hands down. Who is the best shooter in the state? Best shooter in the state, I will give that to Spencer Rogers off the top of my head. Who is the best defender in the state? Oh, boy. Best defender? Oh, I'll go with, uh, just because I've seen him a lot, Ty Fagan. I think he plays very well. Uh, good defense on the perimeter. And which player is the most valuable asset to their team? Ooh, um, I guess everything is just pointing back to Landers Nolly. I think he is just everything for Langston Hughes with the, a big graduating class with Cuffy and uh, Cook. Uh, Landers Nolly, head, head, head and shoulders, he's the man. Alrighty, on to our final category here called the power forwards and the centers. And so if you think that you didn't recognize a lot of the small forwards, I think you would probably recognize even less of the power forwards and the centers. I know you don't want to hear this question, Kyle, but I have to ask it. Is the big man a dying breed? Uh, I would say that it is, uh, especially the back-to-the-basket play. But with this, with this uh, classification... There's some guys that have, you know, risen to the occasion, some nice surprises. And I think the big men in this uh, this 2018 class is actually pretty good when you look at the E.J. Montgomery, Reggie Perry, Amonzi, Nugamezi, Kalu, Ezekpe, I always say that wrong. Uh, and then even that second-tier type level of Austin Johnson, DeAndre Singleton, uh, Jamari Smith, who's a little undersized, but I think uh, it's a it's a pretty good pretty good big man class considering how the big men are a dying breed. Our first question in this category comes via Tanya Johnson. She wants to know about Chris Parks. He is ranked as your number twelve power forward center out of the top twenty. He plays for Collins Hill, and she's wondering what is the difference between a player who's the largest rebounder or puts up big rebounding numbers big scoring numbers versus someone who's an all-around stat sheet stuffer i do like chris parks the one reason why he's probably ranked uh you know not higher is because he is you know six five six six on a great day he is a little undersized uh, for you know if we're projecting into the next level power forward and center type position but chris he's uh he has a very good skill set for a guy his size can you know shoot the ball a little bit rebounds the ball uh he is uh can you know stuff the stat sheet in, in that regard and i think he's got an opportunity to have a, another really good year but he's you know i what he's playing football this year and he's already got a couple football offers just because he's got that huge frame so that's going to help him out with his conditioning and everything like that but he's a player i like and he is a, a rebounding type guy and a, a guy that you know when he gets the ball good things usually happen i know he came off the bench a couple games last year from what i saw but 
Uh, I always thought when he was on the court for Collins Hill, Collins Hill was playing very well, and I think he is a, a very big part for them, and I do like him. The only reason he's not ranked much higher is because he is about 6'5"-ish. Tavius or Tavius Jones, I've butchered a few pronunciations tonight, and I apologize, via email, wants to know, what is your evaluation of DeAndre Singleton, of course, further than the number sixth-ranked power forward center in the state? I do like him. I watched him play against Dakula. He had a big double-double game. He's one of those guys that can score with his back to the basket. He knows how to use his body. He's got big shoulders. Uh, he's a, a physical guy. Uh, he moves, you know, up and down the court pretty well. Uh, the one thing with him, I would just, I want him, because he, he does have a lot of mass. He, he's, a, he's a big boy. He's got a lot of mass. He just has to make sure all that mass is, is muscle and there's no wasted pounds on him. There's no, you know, baby fat or anything like that on him. But I do like him. I do think he should end up, I don't know what his his uh, current recruiting you know, situation is, I do think that low major schools should definitely check in with him and uh, come to see him play. But he is a guy that rebounds very well, and uh, he, he's a, a huge piece for Stevens County. I know Stevens County loses uh, A.J. Curry and a couple guys to transfer, but I, I do like him. I think he is a little underappreciated just because he's not one of those high-flying big men that you know, is 6'10", and he's you know, running up and down the court like his and dunking and shooting threes he is about six seven probably about 240 250 pounds but i do like him uh i would just say make sure all that weight is good weight it's all muscle and continue to diversify his game i think he's got pretty good footwork but i i am a fan of his i am a fan of his and i think low major school should check in on him back to the second part of benjamin mitchell's question uh the second player from Windsor Forest and Team Intensity. Donovan Lewis, a six foot six inch quote freak of nature. He plays above the rim and had a good summer. Thought on him and the thought of Windsor Forest shots at a three A title run. Uh, I I did see them. See, I know I've seen that Team Intensity team play. It was at Swanee Sports Academy, and I, I know I remember that name. Uh, he is a he is a big kid. He is a big physical kid, and he is a good athlete. I was you know he caught me eye when I caught my eye when I first saw him play. Uh, I don't think he scored too much in the second half, but he is he is a good athlete. He does have good size, uh, so he is going to be one of those uh, prototypical uh, late bloomer kid that has an opportunity to play his way onto that Division Two or JUCO level. I don't think he's going to be Division One, but I do think he can he can make a small school pretty happy just with that size and. He's probably not a finished product yet. You can you can polish him off and make him into what you want him to be. As far as uh, what we say, a state playoff run in that that class, that that region's going to be tough. I mean, Johnson Savannah, they're going to open up top five in the state with the Monza Nugamezi there. A lot of those guards coming back, the Bulls brothers, twins, triplets, quadruplets. Uh, there's a there's a million of those kids running around over there, and then uh, they got some other good guards. Um, Jenkins, they graduate some. They have some transfers coming in. I think Jenkins is going to be, you know, a little bit down, but you know, not too far down. They're still going to be really good. It's still going to be a two horse race between them and Johnson Island. Should drop off drastically with Trey Broadnecks transferring up. Uh, I just don't see Windsor Forest going to be able to compete with Jenkins or Johnson. I think uh, that Region 3 is definitely going to run through those two, and I think both those teams should be at least locks to get to the Elite Eight or Sweet 16 at the the very worst scenario. But I really do like Johnson, Windsor Force. It's just going to be tough for them to crack through. 
Jackie Smith, I'd like to thank you on a moderator's note for writing a beautiful segue to transition to the end of the podcast. She asks, how do I get my son evaluated for the 2019 rankings? And I think more generally, how do you look for and find these players that you evaluate? Ah, that's a good question. Well, I've been doing a lot of work with hoop scene over these past two summers. I plan on doing that again uh, this upcoming summer. I know it got cut a little short since I had to move to Augusta, but even though I'm in Augusta, I still try and get out to the big tournaments. I was out at Best of the South for a little bit. Uh, I, I try and bounce around. I've been asked to come to a couple, you know, some of these showcase tournaments coming up, best of the best, things like that. And w- when it permits with my schedule, I'll get out there and I'll watch these kids. I'll try and do a, uh, you know, I'll start focusing on that 2019 class later once we get to that point. Right now, the only reason I did 2018 is because it's just for seniors. I don't think it's too fair to start trying to crank up a 2019 class when, I'll, you know, the the top studs are all going to be playing varsity, but for the most part, uh, some other kids are gonna they're not gonna really start blossoming till their junior year. So this 2019 class that's gonna be juniors, this is where you start making a name for yourself at that varsity level, and then once they make a name for themselves, and then it's time for their senior season to upcome. Then you know you'll have all the the numbers, all the stats. You'll probably have a better. Uh, foundation of knowledge of who these kids are, where you can go see them play, what high school team, what AAU team. So that's why I, I didn't do a 2019 ranking, just did 2018, because you know about all these 2018 kids, the 2019 class. This is time for those kids that were, you know, studs on the JV level. They finally get their opportunity to play at the varsity level. They're going to have a, a, a lot of chances to make a, a name for themselves. So that's why uh, 2019, we'll do that next summer. But uh, I appreciate that question. But I'll, I'll be, you know, I'll bounce around to as many gyms, summer and high school as possible. And that's where we'll go from there. Well, Kyle, I think we've covered every question and comment that was submitted through the uh, means that we know of. I would like to thank everyone that participated, all the parents, coaches, players that tweeted, emailed us, and got us questions and comments for this podcast. Um, I think we got everything. If I didn't and you sent it through the appropriate means, I do apologize. Um, Also, thank you for liking, sharing, looking at the rankings, showing it to friends, coaches, families. I would love to hear your feedback on this podcast and what you'd see and what you would like to see us do in the future via Twitter or email. Let us know if you want more fan interaction, things like this, and we'll be happy to work it into the podcast in the future. Coming up, I think me and Kyle and the rest of the Sandy Spiel team, we may have a pretty little cool feature way to uh, feature some of these individual players as we head into the high school season. And then, of course, it's never too early to start looking at the preseason rankings. So that will probably be the next two podcasts that are coming up. Kyle? Yeah, we have some fun stuff in store. Um, I mean, it's very early, but I do have my preliminary state rankings done for for each team. Now, eventually, I'm going to have to shift that focus towards the girls' side of things. Uh, We've been a a little bit one-sided, but for the most part, we know our audience. A lot of people are coming to tune in for the boys' side of things. But trust me, once once the season starts back up, we'll, we'll start cranking out some more some more girls stuff. But like I said, I had the, the boys rankings done. I have to look at the girls and uh, I appreciate you taking the time to put this podcast together. I mean, like I said, there is no, well, there is a science, but there's no exact science to ranking players. And you're never going to have everything specifically quote unquote, right or wrong. 
because at the end of the day, it, it just it's up to these kids to to live up to the hype or put in the hard work ethic and train when no one's watching them, and then come out and really uh, make a statement for themselves. So I did the best I can. I hopefully this uh, helps these players and helps put a chip on other players' shoulders and helps colleges and helps everyone involved. But just a just a fun little thing to throw my hat in the ring and see what it's like to try and break down this stuff so i'm looking forward to everything else and shifting my focus back onto the team side of things but as a part of the sandy spiel podcast crew spielman and dylan ramin forgani kyle sandy we thank you for listening and you will hear back from us soon